0: I think it's wrong the way you work for us. What is it that you want to do? I want to serve you and a sir. No, no, you can't possibly believe that.
1: My master, he's a good man. man. A good man. He's a rich
0: man. Here in India, there are only two kinds of people. Those with big bellies and those with small bellies. Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and awards show podcast by your two neighborhood friendly film buffs. My name is Andrew. And I'm Matt. And each week, Matt and I roll out the red carpet and Step and Repeat banner for our feature film of the week. And this week, our movie is The White Tiger. Playing on Netflix now. Been on Netflix about a week uh, uh, since we're recording this, at least. So hope that means a few of you got the chance to watch it. Um, I know it's been lingering in the top 10 on the Netflix movies for a bit, so somewhat popular. Uh, and uh, 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 I'm excited to talk about this one. So uh, uh, it's... It, uh is um like not exactly oscar but it's like not totally obscure either so it's like kind of new territory for us which i always uh enjoy talking about um so we'll get into that uh a little bit later but uh before we get into the white tiger we uh start our week off with a sort of check-in uh segment where we basically ask each other what are you watching in a brilliantly titled segment we call what are you watching
1: brilliant (sighs) genius
0: it's what's that like lady gaga clip where she's like brilliant genius
1: Oh, is that the one where she's like promoting? Yeah, yeah, where she's like promoting like a star is born, and she like says the same thing,
0: yeah,
1: over and over again. uh, They all have their scripts when they're out on out on the road.
0: Yes, uh, which we don't get this year, like uh, because of COVID. Uh, I know, Uh, no people out in out in the Hollywood wilderness. Um,
1: I know they're doing some Zoom, where like they interview with the local news or entertainment reporters yeah
0: Um, like the press circuit is yeah yeah it's still very much alive it's just like totally different
1: (laughs) yeah i'm like not going to go out of my way to watch them either
0: (laughs) i know um i've listened to some podcasts but that's like about it not that i would watch them uh in a normal time either (laughs) so
1: i i do enjoy some press junkets like not necessarily my local ones, but like some other ones I find kind of entertaining. Um, And like the national ones too are pretty good, but.
0: Yeah, so um, some of like the trade magazines, like the Hollywood Reporter and Variety do round tables every year where they bring, like they have like an actress round table. They bring in like five, six or seven major actresses um, promoting their oscar movies in the year, and they just like all sit around the table and talk <laughs> about movies yeah. for a half an hour.
1: And it's fascinating just oh because of the people who are there.
0: <laughs> exactly. So um, this year, Variety did something a little bit different because they obviously can't really do that this year. Um, They had like Zoom conversations. They were like one-on-ones. And uh, the pairings have been like really cool um, to watch. There's one that I have like bookmarked that I uh, wanna watch, which is like Riz Ahmed and Steven Yeun. Uh, But by far the best pairing uh, (laughs) is Glenn Close and Pete Davidson. Oh,
1: really? I gotta watch that. Oh, my God.
0: Exactly. It's like, that is so out there and so random, and I need to see it. I just, like, need to watch this.
1: That's hilarious. Uh,
0: So, like, just, like, kudos to the whoever thought of that.
1: (laughs) It's like uh, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Not that I'm putting... Pete Davidson in any kind of category, but <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just so there is like still some creativity that like, yeah we can play with.
1: God, if I were like put in front of Glenn Close to reviewer God, I like wouldn't even know what I would say. Like I probably couldn't even talk. Yeah.
0: Blah,
1: gorilla, book.
0: <laughs> Glenn Close seems pretty chill. Like she seems like a a person who's very easy to get along. She doesn't seem like a diva by any sense of the word. No,
1: not at all. Yeah. I respect Glenn.
0: Even even though, even if Hillbilly sucked.
1: <laughs> I still stand by what I said. She was snubbed for an Oscar when she played Cruella. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe when she gets nominated for her like 10th Oscar, she'll win. Um, it'll be so sad if she wins for uh, Hillbilly Elegy. I don't think it'll happen. But... <laughs> I, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe in the Emma Stone, uh, Cruella,
1: <laughs> make a cameo. cameo yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably first, folks. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I guess back to our created, creative titled segments. What are you watching, Andrew? What are you watching?
0: Uh, this has been a very great week for me. Uh, because I have been watching movies at the Sundance Film Festival, which is still going on right now as we're recording. And uh, this is my first Sundance festival, mm. even though it is taking place all virtually this year, uh, but in some ways that has made it more accessible to people because you know I can't uh, afford a trip out to the mountains in Utah in Park City, <laughs> so uh, that means like, I actually get to watch the movies at home, and uh, it's been really exciting. Uh, I've seen five movies so far, and I have one left. I got six tickets, and. Uh, the really cool thing about Sundance is, it is like pretty much all world premieres. Like these are mostly movies that like no one's really seen other than the people who work at Sundance. <laughs> so uh, so it's like really fresh and a new sort of opportunity to like, get to see all these movies and you decide what you want to see, like simply based on plot synopsis or cast um, or directors because like, there are no reviews of these movies yet. So it's always really cool to like, see like, what's going to be good. Uh, cause you have no idea. Uh, and these are all like movies that don't have, or most of them don't have distributors yet. Uh, so like they don't have a release date, but, um, you can anticipate seeing these movies either in theaters or at home in the world we live in now, uh, at some point in the next year, year and a half. Um, uh, I can't speak to the movies that I haven't seen because there were the top, my top two movies I was most looking forward to both sold out by the time I got tickets. Um, and shout out to you, Matt, because you were the one who um, sent me the link about like 30 minutes before tickets went on sale. Um, And- There you go. Uh, so you're responsible for this. Um, can, I,
1: can I ask what your top two were that you missed?
0: oh um that i was most looking forward to uh this movie passing uh which uh d- the directorial debut of uh rebecca hall the actress
1: oh my god i'm obsessed with rebecca hall oh. I, love rebecca. I love rebecca hall yeah i'm like one of her biggest fans uh i
0: yeah that was the one i was most looking forward to and uh that, that did not uh uh, uh did not um, have tickets available like right away. It was like the first movie that sold out. Um, and it is um, about uh, two women played by Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega, uh who are biracial. And I think, I believe the plot is essentially one of them um, like lives a life uh, as if she's black or passing as black and the other ones like passing as white. And so it's kind of about like the differences in their lives. Um, and I know like the first thing that you think of is like, why is Rebecca Hall directing <laughs> directing this movie? And something that I didn't know, Rebecca's, Rebecca Hall's mother is biracial. So this is actually like kind of personal to her. Um, and uh, that sold out very quickly uh it also has like uh other big actors and you know, uh Andre Holland and uh Alexander Skarsgård are in it too so I remember
1: sorry I remember like sitting through like Holmes and Watson just because Rebecca like, Hall was in it I mean she was great in it, but like the movie was terrible. but it was like one of the movies I've ever seen um, <laughs> anyway sorry no, I like no, no. wanted to see like a good actress in a bad movie <laughs>
0: I Oh my god, I do that all the time. I think I was like, oh, I like like this actor or actress, and um, it's like, I am willing to sit through a terrible movie for this. I do that with like, I did that with, I think like some, I did that with like a couple Robert Pattinson movies. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be terrible. But I'm just gonna, gonna watch it anyway, because I think he's weird and interesting. Uh, I digress. Um, my point is I don't judge you.
1: Well, um, also speaking of Rebecca Hall and Bad Movies, uh, the trailer for Kong vs. Godzilla just dropped. I cannot
0: wait. (laughs) It's coming out uh, in Easter time.
1: Yes, I will be seeing it in theaters.
0: uh, Yeah, it's one of those in theaters, same day HBO Max stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, speaking of Rebecca Hall and Sundance, uh, there was one of the movies that I got to see, uh, is a movie called Primetime, which is a Polish movie. And uh, I was reminded of a Rebecca Hall movie um, called Christine. Um, Christine, like the, it's the movie about like Christine Chubbuck, the, mm. uh, the news anchor who um, like very notoriously committed suicide on air. And um, anyway, so this like Polish movie Primetime uh, which stars the same actor who was the star of Corpus Christi, which was the uh, Polish movie that um, got nominated for the Oscar for Best International Feature this year. Um, and it's like about this uh, this 20-year-old who takes uh, a TV studio um, hostage on New Year's Eve in uh, 1999. So like heading into... 2000. Uh so that was um interesting. Like he was really good in it. Um I thought like they stretched the plot a little thin, but uh but I like really love um Polish movies and I have like a couple friends who I talk to about um about like Polish movies from time to time. So uh so I figured like they're probably <laughs> a couple of them uh might be listening to the podcast. Uh so uh prime time is something that uh keep an eye out for That's going on
1: my quote wall. I have a couple friends that I talked about Polish movies from time I to do. time.
0: I do. Are you serious?
1: <laughs> I'm glad uh, you I'm glad you do.
0: <laughs> one of my um so uh we talk about the app Letterboxd all the time. And oh, this has been another great thing about uh uh Sundance is uh, Letterboxd is like such like a film geek uh, community and it has been so thrilling to like watch these world premieres on Sundance and then go straight to letterboxed and like talk to people about these movies in, in essence um, and see like what people's hot takes are and it's really fascinating, really cool. Um, but uh, so letterboxed keeps track of your stats of like what types of movies you watch. And um, the most common language that I watch a movie in is English, shocker. Um, number two is French, shocker. I also like I took French in high school and college. Um, and my third most common movie is Polish. So uh, so I watch like comparatively to other languages, I should say. I watch uh, a lot of Polish movies. Uh, anyway, back to Sundance. Um, I. Th- Uh, Another movie to keep an eye out on this year that I think uh, some friends of the pod would be really interesting is this documentary called Street Gang, which is uh, about uh, the creation of Sesame Street, and uh, it was just like an absolute joy um, to watch, and uh, also like Crying, I was crying uh, several times throughout this movie, but like happy tears, you know. Uh, so, uh, so you got to like get to see the birth of Sesame Street, uh, and kind of the, like a lot of things that I, I, frankly, just like did not know about Sesame Street, uh, like why it was uh, created, um, and um, and it was like essentially it was primarily targeted at um, uh, black children in cities. Like that was the purpose of Sesame Street uh, creation. And so they go like really in depth about like why they wanted to do that and like creating a sort of like urban environment uh, in Sesame Street. Um, And like they go in depth about like a lot of the characters or at least the characters that um, premiered at the beginning. And uh, they do like some of their sketches, which like I find way too funny. I find like (laughs) (laughs) some stuff that they do on Sesame Street that I'm like dying laughing. Um, And like weird stuff like Jim Henson and Frank Oz um, are Bert and Ernie and um, expressing my ignorance, I did not know that those two were Bert and Ernie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they have like they taught, they go, they have like segments about their dynamic, and um, those are like probably the two most famous puppeteers of like,
1: uh, (laughs) shout out to Kevin Clash, who is a Towson alumni. (laughs) Uh, Uh, voice of Elmo, sorry.
0: Oh, they don't go into Elmo. I was like, I was like. Kind of disappointed um, at that. There are like a couple things that they leave hanging. The movie's really great. So I'm like, I am, um, I don't want to make it seem that it was bad, but like they didn't talk about Elmo at all. And I was like, I wonder why they didn't go into Elmo. And the most reason I can think of is because Elmo didn't become a character until the 80s. And this is like mostly focused on like, it premiered in 1969 so like mm-hmm. mostly focused on the beginning years so that's like the only reason that i can think of but i i was like really hoping they would go into elmo yeah um, but,
1: well darn that... i know <laughs> oh, i know yeah.
0: not to dissuade you from um, from watching it but maybe we'll get a sequel <laughs> oh. uh
1: i can tell you kevin clash who is the voice of elmo um you speaking of like when you're talking about like sesame street being about like the streets or starting out about the streets Uh, He grew up in Dundalk, which uh, which is, like, just, like, northeast of Baltimore, Uh, and it's, like, a really uh, rough place. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, like, the first thing I thought of, like, oh, like, Kevin Clash is, like, from, like, not such a great area, like, but then, like, you know, he ended up on Sesame Street, and
0: yeah yeah it's like really great and like i i love sesame street i realized that i just like watched a documentary that was basically like how talking about like how great sesame street is so um, but like sesame street some does like some really great things obviously being educational so like obviously blah 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 tips off educational development in children but like they um they actively like went out into, like, the community to, like, figure out, like, what should we be doing to, like, show, to put on our TV show? Like, what is real life that, like, you want on this TV? Like, go to activists themselves and, like, listen to activists. and. I believe they they like still do that today. I mean, like, I don't know a single soul that is like Sesame Street is terrible or or not progressive or any sort of way. Like they they are very socially aware of things and change with the times. And um, I love that about them. Like Sesame Street has done like a lot of good for the world basically.
1: Well, I can probably think of about 73 million people that don't like Sesame Street or the message it sends.
0: but it's like, that's like the thing. uh, uh, Oh my God. And they, they get into this, like this segment where Mississippi refused, Mississippi public television refused to air Sesame street when they were like, when it first premiered and, uh, which is like crazy. Uh, and so, um, they eventually like catered because, um, the demand was so high. Like, kids were like, hey, we actually really love this show. And parents were like, hey, we want our kids to watch the show. And so like, finally, they started airing it. But like, part of the reason that they really didn't want to do it is because it was like a racially integrated show, which in 1969 was like, not okay for the Mississippi public television, apparently. Um, but anyway, so that's like, uh, I watched like the Q&A with the directors. They said it's getting a theatrical release in the spring, and um, it uh, will also be on demand in the spring. And they said it's probably coming to HBO Max in the fall. So Street Gang, be on the lookout for that. Um, And um, The one other movie that I'll give a shout out to that Honestly, when I watched it, I knew I liked it, but I thought it was like a little bit sloppy, but I've been thinking about it uh, a lot since I saw it. Um, Is this movie called On the Count of Three, um, which is the directorial debut of um, Drag Carmichael um, from the comedian and he had this like show, I think it was on like NBC or something called like The Carmichael Show. Um, So uh, it is about uh, these two friends who um like form a suicide pact, essentially. Like they're gonna spend one last day together and they're both gonna kill each other at the end of the day. This is a comedy. <laughs> it is I know, I know. Um it's a black comedy for sure. Uh but uh it's um it is like tonally kind of like all over the place. Um but I was like really kind of like fascinated about this and like kept thinking about it. Um, so it stars, um, Carmichael and Christopher Abbott, uh, who, um, is really good in this movie. And he has like this, like sing along to, uh, Papa Roach, uh, Last Resort, which is like a famous song about killing yourself. Um, and like, they joke about it and like, they both have like such really good dry comedic timing. Um, and it like kind of works even when it doesn't. Um, so it's just like this strange movie that I like can't stop thinking about. Um, plus there are some like really great minor roles, like almost to the point of cameo, um, but minor important roles like Tiffany Haddish and Henry Winkler are both in this too. So uh, so it's like kind of cool and like great to see these, um, these characters uh, kind of like flesh out. So I think like, I think people will, some people would like take to this movie when it when it comes out. So on the count of three. So, um, Yeah, I I just like I, there are a couple other movies that I watched too, I won't get into this like weird acid trip animated movie called Crypto Zoo. Um, So it's very adult um, and strange, but uh, I kind of liked it. And like a super indie movie called John in the Hole, quiet indie movie called John in the Hole about a 13-year-old who traps his family in a bunker. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Um, uh, So, and the one movie I still have to watch is Robin Wright's directorial debut called Land, which um, I will be watching uh, after we record this tonight. Um, But it's just like really cool to watch. I
1: saw the trailer for that.
0: Yeah, it's coming out real soon, um, but uh, I, I, basically, with Sundance, um, I'm just reminded, this is corny, of just how much I love movies. Like, I am getting in such a high just watching all these movies, and I'm only doing, like, two a day. I did two on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday, uh, and, like, there are people who watch, like, six movies a day. And I, um, my biggest regret is honestly not getting more, (laughs) not like being more experimental and like, I was like, I should do, I should write this, I should do this. And by this point they're like, all sold out. Um, But this was also like my first really big virtual film festival. So sorry,
1: how do you sell out of virtual tickets? It's like, that's so, that's so dumb.
0: I know I think my best guess is like they probably they definitely probably have like sort of deals with the um production teams um and they're probably like sell just as many tickets like as they would in a like real life situation that's my best guess uh but I can't say for sure I like don't know what the business sort of model
1: is I don't know I guess they have like a limited amount of like spots they have just so they can like build up word of mouth. I don't know. Just like I saw this and you didn't. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And like yeah. there probably there probably is like some sort of like server capacity. Uh but I, yeah, I guess. I, the the truth is like I, I just don't know. And I yeah. don't know about this kind of thing to to like really speak about it. Um so but I just like I I'm like watching all these like new movies and I like there were none that I like absolutely hated and I'm like, I'm kind of like I love movies so much and I love watching new movies and talking about them. Um, Which is like why we had the podcast, but like I thought I would be tired and like sick of watching so many movies like back to back to back and I am not by any means, so it is um, it's like thrilling for me, this has been like a thrilling weekend for me.
1: Awesome well i'm glad that's awesome when did you get time to watch your movie of the week (laughs) White Tiger.
0: i don't thank god like this had already been um on netflix i watched it earlier in the week so uh but um, i'm looking forward to our um to like the next film festival which is probably next big one which is probably south by southwest so maybe i'll do more so um, that will be soon.
1: yeah i was fortunate I watch like two movies this week. <laughs> it's, just, it's just been like nonstop. Um so I guess I was able to watch White Tiger last night. So that was good. Um I didn't think I was going to finish. So I was like kind of freaking out like I was like falling asleep. <laughs> that doesn't say anything about how I felt about the movie. I just was really tired. Um but time ma- time management stuff. Time management, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one I was able to watch Friday night. Um is that so,
0: what you are watching?
1: It is what I'm watching. I I don't want to I don't want to end your segment if you aren't. No,
0: no, I'm I'm actually pretty much done. So,
1: um, it's nothing like really like special or anything. I watched um because it was like in my face, like advertised so much to me. I like finally gave in and watched it. Um, I watched I Am Greta on Hulu. Oh, um,
0: how was it?
1: Yeah, it was I. It, it was good. I mean, it's it's exactly what you expect. Um, I just like. Every time I went on Instagram, like I always like, like I get these ads from Hulu and like it was just like in my face every time I was on Instagram, like Greta Thur- Greta was just like, there, like, watch my movie, watch my movie, watch my movie. I'm like, oh, fine. So I just like <laughs> gave in and watched it. Um, so I am Greta tells the story of, well, we call her Greta Thurn- Thorn- Thurnberg. Um, Thunberg? Thun- Thun- Thunberg. Thunberg. But it's yeah. like, she actually pronounces her name like Thunberg, Thunbergine or something like that. Um, it's very hard to pronounce and I can't pronounce it. So I'm just going to call her Thunberg. Um, So it's, so the movie takes place, it starts, I believe in August, 2019, or no, a couple months before that. So um, it takes place a few months. So the whole movie is like a buildup to her big speech at the UN, um, where she like is very passionate and you've all heard it. Um, where she tells the adults that they should be ashamed of themselves. Um, so it starts out like, um, it kind of introducing Greta and who she is and um, how like her strike started her climate strike started like just her solo like leaving school one day and going to sit in front of um, the parliament in Sweden or where we're, or um, I guess the government building in Sweden um, and just like it the whole movie is like how the movement kind of progressed over time and um, in the few months leading up to her big speech um, and like her rise in popularity. Um, but it also like tells a story of like her life at home and how she deals with like her Asperger's syndrome um, and how she kind of copes with with that and being a student and being a regular person while at the same time being an activist um, and uh, trying to be a change, a catalyst for change for our climate and the way we act you have to like really like (laughs) i'm seeing a lot of negative reviews for it like like people aren't happy because it's about all about greta and it's not really about climate change um and i'm like well that's the title it's called i am (laughs) like (laughs) like why are you surprised um
0: also there are like um teen climate change movies (laughs) yeah um like an inconvenient truth
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so uh so this is more about like her and like like her activism rather than what we can do to change, which like is great. So um I, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was very like it was very short. I did want a little more. It was like just under an hour and a half. I but I kind of wanted a little more like backstory about Greta, like her growing up. It it kind of like it kind of just picks up like like right where like she like starts her like protest. Um there's a little bit more about her childhood and her backstory and like you're kind of like with her and her dad through the whole movie uh but there's not a whole lot about her extended family or her mom or like you know any real troubles at home they go a little bit into her mental i don't want to call them like mental health issues cuz they're not really issues they're um but like how she like balances her life and her mental mental stability and it's really sad in some parts like just like the negative attention she gets from like people all around the world like making fun of her aspergers and like making fun of how the way she looks and the way she like, like calls her like a little brat. It's like,
0: D- yeah, Donald like, Trump yeah. One.
1: it's really disheartening. It's really sad, especially like in the, there are like some scenes where like, like she doesn't react to like the negative, like all that, but she like, what she reacts to are like, like her, her reactions are based on how people are reacting to the movement and the climate and climate change and how adults are ignoring that. Like she doesn't care what people think about her. So that was, that's kind of like where her passion lies. And it's it's sad for me to see other people treating her the way they do, or like talking about her the way they do. Um, but there's some like really cool scenes like where she meets like with Emmanuel Macron, the president of France. Um, so it's like, like she like meets with him for like five minutes and it's really like heartwarming, it's it's nice to see. Um, and then like, you know, you see like her getting ready for a speech at the UN and you see the speech and it's very passionate. It's yeah I liked it. I enjoyed it if you're if you're a Greta fan or you know anything about her i I would suggest watching it on Hulu um, I hope I've sold it <laughs> you know it's 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 decent so um,
0: so I have a kind of weird question. Uh, one of the coolest things I think about like Greta Thunberg is um, she doesn't fly uh, for like carbon emissions uh, reasons. Uh, so does like any of this movie take place on like a boat. <laughs>
1: or... So I don't, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> um, one of the one of the really cool things about this movie, uh, I guess spoiler alert. Um, is a good chunk of the movie takes place on the boat like this ah, trip across cool. the Atlantic. So it's not as it's a little anticlimactic. Because like there's no like they don't really run in severe weather so but I mean like you do kind of like journey across the Atlantic with her and you like see as she's like being welcomed into New York and it's really it's really cool so like just like sailing into the harbor.
0: I don't know why like for unknown reasons i can't tell you why but i find like boats so cinematic like just like being on a boat is like so fascinating to me <laughs> so like titanic uh i mean this like uh, i, I am mean, uh, um, the movie the, like the let them all talk movie about like a cruise like any movie that can make a cruise seem appealing in COVID is like (laughs) crazy to me. But like the idea of like just being on a boat is just like so fascinating.
1: I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, well, we're not, we're used to being on land, you know, and I feel like being on a boat or being at sea is its own special effects, if you will, because it's like so unpredictable, like the water and the weather out there can be so unpredictable and it's, it's scary and it can be intense. And I guess you get, Different feelings when you're out at sea. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and like on an airplane, you're just like kind of seated. You're it's like not that interesting. It's less interesting than a boat, I think. Oh. Um, I
1: hate I hate flying. I just like every time I like fly, I think like God. The only thing below my feet is like thirty two thousand.
0: So if you need to go to Europe or something, just like catch a ride back with Greta.
1: There you go. Yeah, I I don't know. Well, i wouldn't i would not. i was certainly not <laughs> going a boat across the Atlantic Ocean um but i would do like an extended like boat trip or like cruise to like an island i don't know i did one when i was like really young and i don't remember it at all um but it wasn't all that bad i'm like i get really like i <laughs> I like get anxiety because i think of like the perfect storm <laughs> I think oh, my of, like, God. giant I waves speaking crashing of, and, like my cinematic yeah like um, i'm not scared of like icebergs like Those are so 1912. Um, (laughs) But, like, I think of, like, giant tidal waves that'll, like, knock the boat over. Or, like, whales.
0: Oh, true. Yeah. Life of Pi.
1: Or Pinocchio. So, anyway, that's what I was watching. I am Greta.
0: See? Um, Like, am I wrong about the cinematic thing and, like, being at sea? Like, we're just, like, listing all these movies that take place at sea.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it can be uh quite the journey out there
0: uh, maybe i'll write a thesis on it someday there you go yeah <laughs> cool so it's on hulu
1: on hulu now yeah so i'm sure you've been <laughs> that's has been in your face on instagram i'm sure it's about to so i don't know i follow like a lot of entertainment pages too so maybe like like it was advertising to me because like like what i follow so i don't know
0: um, well, I guess that's like a good sign. Maybe it like shows that you're interested in the environment and climate change.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, like I follow like a lot of politics pages and a lot of like entertainment pages. So, you know, there comfortable go. Climate change. Right. That's what I'm watching. So.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely in my, it's in my queue. Um, so I will, um, I want to get to it
1: um, mm-hmm. shortly
0: <laughs> at some point. So
1: it's an easy watch it's very quick
0: good um good to know yeah you're the first person i've talked to that's watched it so um so i'm glad it got a um at least mildly positive (laughs) review
1: yeah yeah it's just like it's like i don't really have like a positive or negative reaction to it it's just like it was informative it was there It it was a good watch
0: yeah yeah and like i know it's um strange to say this on a movie review podcast, but like sometimes you just watch movies, like you don't have to be like critical of everything. <laughs> you know, sometimes it just is what it is. You don't like need a reaction to things. So um, so I'm sure that falls into that. Um, well, speaking of reviews, <laughs> should we just finally get to our <laughs> movie of the week?
1: Sounds good to me. <sighs>
0: All right, so The White Tyga, uh available now on Netflix uh, and um, should say right off the bat, probably spoiler alert, um, especially because about like halfway through this movie, um, there is like a moment where the narrator is like, and now this is where the story takes a dark turn so it's kind of like uh okay yeah so spoilers <laughs> um uh we're gonna cover pretty probably spoilers for like the whole movie so uh just fair warning if you are interested in uh the white tiger spoilers ahoy
1: uh, apologies now if any actors are listening to this from the movie but I'm going to butcher your name. <laughs> the exception of Priyanka Chopra.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> Priyanka Chopra. Jonas. now. <laughs> um, so... Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She'll always be Priyanka Chopra to me.
0: I know, I know. Um, yeah, she, and as far as I can tell, like she was like a big catalyst in kind of like financing this movie too, so like in kind of getting it off the ground um because of her
1: yeah, I think she was an executive Thomas. producer.
0: Or yeah. Uh, so Ava DuVernay is also uh, an executive producer of this too, which I thought was cool. Uh, and um, so it stars Priyanka uh, Jonas. Um, the lead role, Belram, is played by um, Adarsh Gurav, uh, and he just got an Indie Spirit Award nomination for Best Actor this week. Uh, so. Uh, he plays the, the main character, and um, he plays a driver uh, in um, India. It takes place uh, throughout India, but mostly in Delhi. And he plays a driver um, for Akash, right? I think that was his name. I should have looked that up before we started.
1: Ashok. Um,
0: <laughs> Ashok. Close. Close. I had it mixed up. Thank you. Um, and that is played by Rajkumar Rao, um, who uh, um, I hadn't seen in anything prior to this. Um, but adrash Gurav Belram, um, this is his first like major and definitely starring, uh, definitely lead performance role. So, um, uh, so some so newcomer, a mix between like newcomers and like established actors like Priyanka. So. Um, Yeah, it is based on the very popular book uh, of the same name um, that uh, came out like 2008, 2000, somewhere around there. Uh, And um, I remember like seeing this all over like the subway and like people reading this because the cover uh, and the graphics um, and like the typeface of the white tiger is like very distinctive. So like, I feel like I saw this book everywhere. Uh, it was very popular and um, I never read it, but now having watched the movie, I was like, kind of like, I wish I had. Uh, and um, so now it's been um, made into a movie, available on Netflix. I believe, believe I said that, but, uh, uh, oh yeah, I did. Cause I said it was in the top 10. Uh, so available now. Um, so if you didn't get to read it, uh, we can watch the movie. Uh, well, before we go any deeper, should we do ten words or fewer review?
1: Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you want me to go? Well, I am usually I've usually been prepared. Not this week. <laughs>
0: it's okay. We all we all have our off weeks. Um, sometimes more often than not. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> um, okay um i can go first install for you go for it uh okay so my ten Wars or fewer is uh exactly the type of movie netflix should be making and what i mean by that to elaborate is uh this is like a mid-sized movie um which like We've I believe we've talked about on the podcast before, like the death of the mid-size movie of like a movie that um you see movies less frequently than you would in say like the nineties that are mid that like aren't quite like epic blockbuster or like tiny budget indie. Like there are few that are kind of like in between anymore. It's like you're either one or the other. It's like so polarized. Uh, um, And which makes like the mid-sized movies that come along um, strange because you're like, wow, like you really don't see these. They don't make these types of movies that much anymore. And um, I think like Netflix, which has like a ton of money um, can really like benefit by giving, um, a voice to people who usually don't get that kind of money to make like a mid-sized movie. Usually they get to make like their tiny little indie. So, um, so it's like exciting to see so many like newcomers or, um, people American audiences like aren't familiar with and like actually get the money to back it up. So I think like Netflix should make more of these types of movies Um, like even if it's like not like a perfect movie. (laughs) But so um, I think that's great and I like I I miss these types of seeing these movies more frequently and um, so like have to hold on to them as they as they come across. So, um, so yeah.
1: So uh, that's my. I think word. that was more than ten words. I know I was stalling for you. I said. <laughs> I'm ready. I, said I was
0: like, let me elaborate, <laughs> which is why I was like, I'm gonna go on like a three minute time.
1: <laughs> um. Okay. So my ten words are fewer. Uh. And just I'll just keep it on the. I agree with you. Um. But my ten words are fewer. Is Netflix's Tiger King has been dethroned.
0: Oh that's a good one. That's a really good one.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um I'll just I'll associate my uh, my remarks with um, yours. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um I can't believe I like never once like put two and two together about like tigers and Netflix until you just said that. So
1: I I guess it should be next. I guess Netflix now is a new Tiger King or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Go on that route.
0: I'm sure. Uh, it could be part of their awards campaign.
1: There you go. Is this technically a 2020 movie? Like, technically? No,
0: this is a 2021 movie. I really, Netflix has this weird thing. It's so strange talking about this during COVID, but Netflix is still technically releasing movies in theaters. So like make qualifying runs for um critics awards so for example pieces of a woman i would consider technically a 2020 movie because it was released theatrically in like two theaters uh in 2020 but most of the world didn't get to see it until 2021 and i believe with the white tiger it was the opposite so like people the first people didn't get to see it until 2021 so I, this is technically a 2021 movie but it still qualifies for this year's Oscars it is all sorts of uh, It is all sorts of messed up this year that's like <laughs> that's really detailed um but yeah I believe I count and like my metrics this is a 2021 movie
1: okay that's, <laughs> just like. I'm like, I, like it doesn't really like matter, um, but like for like awards purposes and like my logging purposes, it does. <laughs> That's the only reason.
0: Totally, yeah. Um, no, I'm doing that too. Uh, where it, uh, I'm
1: like, like it, which list are you going in on Letterbox?
0: Yeah, um, I my my count is anytime that a movie premieres outside of a film festival for the first time um what theatrical year is at so that's like my sort of list and that either means in a theater and it could just be one theater or on streaming so so it gets it it gets very complicated because like a movie like minari or Nomadland had one week theatrical runs in 2020. So it's weird because of my list. So I'll consider that a 2020 movie, Um, even though like the majority of people won't get to see it for a couple weeks. They're coming soon, I promise. (laughs) Uh, But that's like a weird sort of footnote, you know?
1: Yeah. These times are so weird. So.
0: I know. I feel like there's going to be like an asterisk next to like every movie uh, for a while. So yeah. 2020
1: but. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, so I guess it sounds like you liked it.
0: Yeah, I did. I, um, It was a fantastic week to watch this movie because like as we're recording this, like what's happening um, on Wall Street right now <laughs> with uh, with GameStop and Redditors uh, and like the short, the shorting of, uh, game um, and like these head funge managers, like you don't like have to fully understand everything that's going on, but the gist of it is, is beating wall street goons at their own game, like the poor, beating the rich at their own game and, uh, that's exactly what this movie is, <laughs> is like, it's a rags to riches tale. Um, and he, and kind of like in essence, it's about like the dirty sort of tricks that you have to play to like stick it to the rich. And uh, and that's exactly like what happens throughout the course of this movie. And I'm like watching this as like everything that's going on um, on Wall Street right now. And it's like, oh wow, this is like kind of crazy. Like these parallels uh, that are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially the one scene like where um, like towards the end where he like gets all the tips about like how to screw up, like how drivers screw over their um, their masters. It's so like weird when they call them masters.
0: Masters, I know. I thought I like keep thinking that too.
1: What is this like 2007? Like, come on.
0: So, well, I guess the book was written in 2008. Um,
1: yeah, I just, I, um, I, I, now I tend to uh, figure out what years movies take place by the t- <laughs> kinds of phones people have. <laughs> so oh like Priyanka God. Chopra is just like using her Motorola Razor and he's using like one of those blackberries.
0: <laughs> um, uh, no, I um, do that all the time too. Like um, if I see like an iPod mini somewhere, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what are you, uh, what year is this now? Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, they, and this movie like I does like, I think like produces some sort of interesting questions um uh i feel like maybe it's this world we live in but like i feel like i constantly like talk about like the state of capitalism or whatever even though socialism does play a key role like there's a character who's literally called the great socialist mm-hmm. <laughs> um so this is like a little more on the news than most movies but um how they they kind of like talk about like the stockholm syndrome-ness to capitalism in a sort of sense. I don't say capitalism outright, but maybe like materialism is a better sort of thing of like, we all can kind of see our future and the way like our, the way our future will play out more or less. Um, and we know for a lot of us, like particularly if you're a lower class, it's gonna end up in misery and we still just accept it. <laughs> like you still just kind of go with it. And uh, they, um, uh, Belram calls it like, it's like a chicken coop. He like compares it to a chicken coop. Uh, And um, how like chickens like know they're going to get slaughtered. They can like see their friends like get their like necks chopped off. And like they don't resist it when they're chosen, (laughs) you know? So he kind of, Compares it to that, and like I think that's like a really sort of interesting concept.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a that was a brutal scene, actually.
0: I know, I know. I was like, oh my god! Like even me just like describing this is a little macabre.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um. So that was a good. uh, That was yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was a really good comparison. Um, Like I just like you, I also couldn't, like, resist thinking about what happened this week on Wall Street. I'd, like, this, like, this timing here is just too perfect. Um And, like, I also think, like, like, in terms of, you know, anyone who, I, I won't, I won't compare this the whole time to, but, like, um in terms of, like, the chicken scene, and, like, I'm, like, sitting there thinking, like, like, we're, like, anyone who's investing in the stock market, like, or, like, any, like, normal person, like, we're also kind of like the chickens. Like <laughs> um, like anything that happens on Wall Street, like we just kind of like accept and move on. And like, you know, we like really don't like, don't even know what we're doing. And we let like these people just kind of like trade and buy as like they see fit and like making billions and millions off of like people like us. Um, and so like, if anything actually happens, like, you know, we're, we just accept it just like for the chickens. So um, you just like make these comparisons, like to like what's going on this weekend, like you just can't help it. But anyway. Um,
0: yeah, it really didn't come out at like such an opportunistic time.
1: <laughs> I know, I just like, and I'm sitting here like thinking like, watching this whole movie and like getting like anxiety and like <laughs> the whole time, I'm, like, you know, um, I'm like, should I like, should I buy that game stock and really stick it to the man? <laughs> <So>.
0: <laughs> I, know. I feel like, um, Not to, this is not a Wall Street podcast, Um, but I feel like my, the time has like come and passed for like, for me where I'm kind of like, eh, I'm just enjoying learning about (laughs) what's going on. I'm not actually going to partake in anything. Yeah. Yeah. but
1: yeah i like um i like kind of want to go back and watch like the big short now and like <laughs> be like i kind under, of understand understand what,
0: what shorting is i know
1: yeah oh my god I I've, yeah
0: i have read like so many explainers <laughs> and like listened to like so many podcasts like it's like explain this to me in dumb person terms yeah <laughs>
1: so, eli, eli five you know yeah Not that you uh, like. yeah people.
0: yeah
1: uh speaking of reddit I,
0: yeah i know that's uh exactly right um but i am like enjoying like learning about this i feel like i understand i understand enough of like what's going on on wall street where i feel comfortable knowing what's going on um could i like repeat it to other people probably not (laughs) but um but i feel instinctively i understand it
1: yeah same i'm like I like, I know enough and I understand enough about what's going on. I also like, admittedly have the Robinhood Hood app. <laughs> and, um, I like, you know, I have like a little bit of money in the stock market, not too much, but like- Oh, do you? I just, just a smidge. <laughs> but like, I don't make anything on it. It's like, it's just something I do for fun. It's like, it's like, I don't like, I make like, a, like 20 bucks on it. Um, but it's like, like some of these people are just like crazy. Like spending thousands on like stocks and like, but hey, like your money, you know, whatever. I know, um, and
0: um, oh my God, also like GameStop is the like the top one right now, is like the one most people are talking about, but another uh, another company that's like getting involved in all this is a movie company, AMC, AMC Theaters. Mm-hmm. Another one of these like stocks that, uh, that people are, um, trading so
1: yeah. much so <laughs> yeah i'm not a stock broker like advisor or analyst or whatever but um after this week i would steer clear of <laughs> amc <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't understand why like i i do not understand why for the life of me amc like people are buying so much in amc um i i don't get it i i i semi get the the GameStop stuff but i i don't understand amc and like Nokia, too? Like, I don't, I don't.
0: Well, um, this is like kind of sad slash depressing, Uh, but (laughs) the whole whole idea is that there are all these companies that hold like value to the public, um, like to the public idea. So uh, people are like really believe in the company of, of GameStop and they really believe in the company of like AMC. Uh, because like for simple, I'm honestly like simple reasons because like they believe in the power of like what GameStop represents of like buying and selling games. And they believe in the power of like AMC, they believe in the traditional like theater model. Stockbrokers, head fund managers, whatever, do not. They're all like the people who are like, they're the people who are like, the future of gaming is all digital and like, you need like you need to buy like you can't even buy physical games anymore because uh, yeah. all takes place online. And in movies, the same thing. It's like the future is on Netflix. So like, what's the point of AMC? Like AMC is not going to be great. Um, and um, and the people like who ostensibly the stock market is supposed to represent are like. Um, pardon my French, but they're kind of like, Hey, fuck you. Like, we love these like things. And like, we're not going to let these, the, um, the, like, we're not going to let the all knowing and powerful, like, tell us like what we care about and, uh, like what's important to us, tell us what's important to us. We're like, Hey, we still like GameStop. Hey, we still like AMC. So like, guess what? We're gonna buy all the stock to show you exactly how much we care about it. So, um, so it is like, it is very populist in nature, Um, but- uh,
1: And then the hedge funds have to like buy back those stocks, right? Like they lose the money. Exactly,
0: exactly. So like they're, um, they're, I think this is like why, this is, I don't know. I have, See, like, sort of.
1: You explained it very well actually. So like kudos I, to you.
0: <laughs> well, like that's I'm good at like the why of it all. I'm horrible at the mechanics of it. I'm like I don't understand how this how this like works uh practically. I'm terrible at practicality. But like I understand or, like I understand like the emotion behind it. I'm very good at like emotions. Um, but I'm like not good at like practical things. (laughs) So, uh, so anyway, so like, that is like, why, why it started, like why Mm -hmm. people wanted to do this. So, um, and then like, kind of like you said, is this is, it makes like the hedge fund, uh, eh, excuse me, hedge fund people like look bad and, and lose money, frankly, (laughs) which is exactly, I mean, like pretty that's like the goal <laughs> is um to make them look bad by telling them like hey um don't tell us we don't care about movies <laughs> there then, is a movie type <laughs> weirdly
1: then i'm sitting here thinking like is my like 401k gonna be alright?" <laughs> um but you know
0: it's a bubble i mean like as, it's a bubble yeah. it's a bubble like f- frankly so that's why like i think in terms of like s- I don't know this is where it starts to get into the practicality of things where i don't really know what i'm talking about uh, but um, uh, i don't think like no one really knows how this is gonna end but um but like i think most people kind of like agree is like this is like everyone agrees this is abnormal like that's like the intent behind it it's like supposed to be abnormal but um no one really like knows like what's gonna happen in the future. But as far as like, I know, I think mostly everything else is it eventually it'll level out. Isn't that like the purpose of the stock market? Like eventually it'll all yeah. be normal again. Yeah.
1: Anyway, well,
0: don't listen well, to me on this one. Like I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not an expert. I'm not telling you what to or what not to do. <laughs>
1: People are calling this what the fourth I, Wednesday, the fourth eye in the twenty twenty one. So it was a what um, insurrection, impeachment, inauguration, investment, or something. Oh,
0: like, I was gonna say like, what is the fourth? why like what's the fourth?
1: In- investing. Um, yeah. I-, I I made that up, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that is but, good. That is yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, like the fourth, like big event, to happen on a Wednesday in twenty twenty one. So we'll see what this week brings. Um. Anyway, (laughs) so back to White Tiger.
0: Back to White Tiger, yeah. But, like, I was, it did, I kept thinking about it, like, watching the White Tiger. I, like, kept thinking about, like, the interactions between the rich and the poor, essentially. Or higher class and lower class. Like, because the caste system in India, like, is uh, a primary focus, like, of this movie. Like, they talk about Balram being, like, from a lower caste. Yeah um like Ashok and Pinky um who is Priyanka Chopra and Jonas. Pinky! Yeah <laughs> that's her name like they're like higher um cast. Who's though- the brain? Oh I uh, see what you did there um
1: <laughs> uh, she's Pinky and the brain um no I, like I never really like I learned about the cast system when I was in high school but I never really like grasped the concept or understood what it was but I think this actually painted a really good picture and like I have like a better understanding or idea of what the cast system is and how it works um so I, I appreciate like the white tiger like also as a learning experience too um but like also I didn't really know the cast system was still that problem today um I always said like I've never really thought of like Maybe I should have, but I like never really thought of India being like, ultimately like really rich and really poor. But I guess I, <laughs> not like I'm not as like well versed on like world culture as I should be. um But like, yeah, if this is any like indication, like, whoa, that's terrifying. Um,
0: but... It's good. Um, it's good in the sense of like this is like super accessible ways of doing this. Like, frankly, like I don't remember the last time I read a book or watched a movie that's like specifically about the caste system. Um, but my kind of read on this, again, like expressing my sort of ignorance too, too is, um, I don't think like the caste system is as pronounced as it even was, um, I would, let's say like prior to British rule um, yeah. in India, but, uh, but, there are like definitely these like lingering aspects to it of like hey you come from a higher caste versus like a lower caste even if like people say they don't care um, but like the truth of the matter is like the higher castes like still treat like the lower castes like poorly like and um, I think like the white tiger is kind of like exposing. The pointlessness of it all.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. That one, you know, you have that one, um, one in a generation person come along to shake things up. Um, yeah. So that was the whole point of the movie: is that you like the white tiger, which, by the way, is like one of my favorite animals. Is is this like one in every few generations animal to be born and released? born into the wild um and which is supposed to be like the metaphor for the movie of like you know this one in every generation person comes along and shakes up the system but i don't know i felt like i felt like it just felt really long to me (laughs) i don't know uh i felt like it could have been a little bit shorter and that's like my only criticism of the movie it just and there were also times where i felt like i was uh in actually no never mind i was gonna say like i felt like i was like. Watching something I'd seen before um, but like I like could not pinpoint it for the life of me or like tell you what it was. I don't know I,
0: I I agree with you on both fronts and yeah
1: like, <laughs> I like I, I don't know that. how to like yeah. express this into words like yeah, it was like it was too long and I felt like I'd seen this like before but <laughs> um I don't so, I like want to be very careful here because I did like the movie. I just don't wanna no um,
0: so on the first one, um like the first criticism, I do think it has like some pacing issues. Uh, I think it is most pronounced kind of like at the end, like, for example, a brand new character, like the little kid who shows up at the end, um, is like kind of a major character, at least in terms of like where the character development of like Belrom shows up and he shows up in the last like 15 minutes of the movie. And this is like slightly over two hours, but it's like okay, if you're introducing, like, a game-changing character in the last 15 minutes, like, you might, like, there's something that, like, might be, like, a little bit wrong with the pacing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it felt off like, when they introduced him. And then, like, Rom, like, who he, like, learned to be, like, this very nice, sweet, like, person, like, all of a sudden just, like, turns on this kid and smacks him. <laughs> like, like, this is not the, like like, this is not the guy, like, I've learned he to go, like, yep. like over this movie. You know. He goes
0: through his shift into like, I don't want to say the darkness really, but mm-hmm. his shift into um, a different person, like um, a more brutal person happens very quickly. Like in the last like 15, 20 minutes where he come if, but it's not so bad where it doesn't feel earned. Like, I feel like they did, they laid enough groundwork but like i think they should have like dropped more hints like earlier in the movie to to like work up to that and a lot of it comes into the last like 15 minutes i think i was like cognizant of like how much was like left in the movie and i remember thinking like i was like i was like is there really only Ten, 10 minutes left because like, it feels like there's a whole new story happening here.
1: Yeah. I felt like I was gonna get like another hour of it. And yeah, then it kind of like picks up where it begins, which is good. I mean, you know, it's the story structure, but I just felt like, I felt like what, like while I felt like it was too long, I felt like I was, there was something missing there at the end. So.
0: And uh, so it's like, it's all narrated by, um, Belram, and like I mentioned this like at the beginning, like halfway through, um, the story shifts, uh, because like Pinky accidentally kills (laughs) a child, runs Mm. over, oops,
1: Um, a major major
0: (laughs) plot point. I know we gave the spoilers, um, but like that is like what the second hour of the movie comes is about really. So like, I don't know, is this movie, this movie's like, what? Two hours and 10 minutes, something like that. Like the first hour is about like his rise from like a small village to become this and like working his way up uh, to become um, this driver uh, in Delhi. And so it's like, you're kind of like standard rags to riches in the first hour. And then like the second hour is like dealing with this aftermath of, him sort of like taking the fall for like Pinky's uh, uh, vehicular homicide, and uh, I mean, am I wrong? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, no joke there. Yeah,
0: um, and then like the last ten minutes are like about him like starting his own driving company. So it's like it's this weird sort of pace, um, and I I wonder if this is like a page-to-screen, sort of clunky adaptation. It's not bad, but, like, I feel like that would feel a little bit more natural in the book than it does on screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I haven't read the book, so, but, like, I, I wonder how it, would, how it would read, or if it was in a different order in the book at all, because um, I know some things get changed up. Um And I also wonder, like, what would happen, like, like, where would this movie go, or, like, where would this story go if Pinky didn't commit vic <laughs> homicide, like what would be Bell like breaking point? Like where would he like finally turn? Or like would he like <laughs> would he like turn on them and like, you know, still cut a bitch? Um <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Um, so I just wonder like, you know, like <laughs> like why, like was it was it because like they made you they made you take the fall for like, like Pinky's murder or, or like the murder she committed or like was he like planning to do this all along because like dude they like <laughs> they were treating you pretty bad you know like <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm not I don't know if I would go to the um extent that like Delron would go to and like kill my um my boss even though they call him a master um but like they treated him pretty bad and you can't just like quit because you always have like the underlying fear that like these people are going to go after his family um but like i also like i wonder like do they paint like this system like worse than it actually is i don't know because it's pretty like it's pretty like mortifying like like the threats that belram has to live with um or like the underlying threat that like they're gonna kill his family and like by the end like you like don't even know what happens because he like it, it almost seems like ignorance is bliss to him you know but yeah. it's, it's like, it's I pretty think it's implied.
0: Assumed. Yeah, that they're dead.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: and That's like the sacrifice he has to make in order to make it.
1: <laughs> Do I make it successful like in my life and like kill 17 members of my family or? Yeah,
0: I <laughs> like but like throughout the movie, um, you can, uh, again, somewhat clunkily, but uh, you can kind of get the sense that like he stops thinking about them. Like he kind of like forgets to send, uh, money, like back to them, like he promised, but you can't tell if he's like willfully forgetting or if he just like forgets. (laughs) Like, uh, so all of this, I think, like gets to your second criticism where you're like, I kind of feel like I've seen this before. Um, And I, this did made me think of like a somewhat cliche that you see in movies and, TV shows, I don't know, cliche is not the right word, but you see it again and again, and a little bit more frequently, like this idea of like the benevolent master um, of, yeah. of somebody who is like a master. Um, you see this like in a couple slave movies, for example, um, but it's not just slave movies. Uh, and like, you think that they're good and they're nice to the, the slave, or the, or the servant, um, but like when push comes to shove, when shit really hits the fan, they're like quick to throw them under the bus. <laughs> they're like, nope, you are not, like you are not us. Like you, you may think like you're a part of our system, but like we are not gonna have this. Um, the, the movie that I was like actually most thought of was um, Atonement, like James McAvoy is like, the, the servant who can like eat and dine with them, but like when a crime's committed, they're like, uh, "It was him! It was the servant!" Uh,
1: so, um, someone easy to throw to the bus. Yeah. 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 Escape. And,
0: yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you see this in like *The Handmaid's Tale*. Like that's like another sort of example. Or tw- yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's probably it. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like you see but this idea of like the benevolent master of like somebody who like you think is your friend and who is like kind of nice to you but
1: yeah not so really. <laughs> this also kind of leads to like something else i wanted to bring up there's also this underlying love story i couldn't tell well i could tell but was belram in love with a Ash- his master? like <laughs> It, they make it seem kind of like he was like not obsessed but I, I don't know really like enamored or like in love like not like he really liked like he describes like this his, like his scent and like he was just drawn into him um and the way he would look at him and there were scenes when like pinky and um a shock would be like getting passionate and bell rom was like you know kind of feeling it too uh so, himself <laughs> so like. I, I couldn't tell if, like, he was, like, he wanted to be, like, kind of, like, the, the, the trio, or, like, the third person in that couple, um, or if he, like, kind of wanted Ashok all to himself, um, so, so, like, there was that, there's this, like, point in the story where it's, like, okay, I kind of feel like there's a connection between these two, like, are they gonna kind of fall in love, um, are they going to become passionate themselves, um, but then, like, you know, it all kind of like flips it flip turns on its head when um Aisha kind of like throws throws him under the bus, throws Bell Rom under the bus. Oh, so oh, like you're like, yeah. oh come on. So I kind of was like rooting for the two of them to get together.
0: <laughs> no, there is like I you're not alone in that. I mean yeah. <laughs> I have like I feel like I have a queer reading on like every movie I watch. Yeah. <laughs> so but um Laura's I definitely picked up those senses too. I kind of like ultimately settled on like, yeah, definitely. Like you could definitely see that, but I think like the bigger, the bigger like point that they're making is like his infatuation with him, and maybe it's sexual, um, but it's all at the very minimum. It's just like an infatuation with um, who Ashok is and how like Bel-Ram kind of wants to be him and there is like and that's where you can get like the queer reading of things of like yeah people like see people who are like themselves and they can't really or see they see people and they can't really tell if they have an attraction to them or if that is the type of person that they want to be so like yeah so yeah I there's definitely a queer
1: reading on this. yeah so I guess that's like a little bit I guess where my one of my frustrations lied with this movie is like I like, I wanted this, like, I didn't know if I was getting, like, some kind of love story or not. Um, like, did Belleron, like, want to, like, be him? Like, did he want to be a or did he want to be with A-Shock? Yeah. Um, and, like, there are times when I was, like, you know, I was rooting for the two of them. But then I'm, like, okay, this is clearly not where this is movie is going. I'm getting the wrong read on it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> or, like, maybe I was getting, you know. Have I had my own interpretations, so
0: yeah. Yeah, I um agree. <laughs> I, I too I too picked up on that. And,
1: um. all right. Well I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so other than that, um I really like Priyanka Chopra. It was she was like a breath of fresh air to see. Um I think she's always incredible. Um I didn't really, like, understand their relationship, like, where, did like, I guess it kind of developed um, in the United States when they were in school together, Uh, but then he's, I guess, kind of unfolds, like, as the movie plays out, but then she, like, abruptly leaves.
0: (laughs) Um, Never comes back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, never comes back. (laughs) I, like, wanted more of her, too. Um, I know.
0: I kept thinking she was going to show up at the very end.
1: I know. Like... (laughs) Yeah, like, and she was like, it was really frustrating. Like her character was really frustrating because she was like telling Belrock, Bellrum, 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 how to like behave and treat people. But then like she would treat him like exactly the way that she told him not to treat other people. So that was also um, frustrating as well. Um, Especially when they like left him alone. (laughs) they drove off and he like just sat on the curb and I was like that's really sad
0: I know um, that was like such a cool like that's a such a cool thing to do to like literally anyone I know
1: and he just like <laughs> but then going back to the chickens thing he just sat there and like was like okay yeah. I I should have been expecting this and he was expecting this and he just like just kind of sat there and waited it out so
0: yeah and they didn't even like think twice about that like they they themselves like didn't realize how cruel yeah that is
1: yeah very cruel person so um and then like but like at the end you know when he finally snaps um he's like sitting on the curb and a woman um a homeless woman comes up and like asks him for money or asking for food and he like kind of freaks out on this woman and like tells the police that like they should arrest her um and like he like starts screaming in the streets like leave me alone leave me alone um and I guess that was like kind of the breaking point where you like uh like this like character is completely different than the one we have gotten to know over the last hour and 45 minutes
0: yeah um, there's like like there's no this movie is very um almost like kind of like black and white in your morals as in like you can't be successful without being dirty essentially is what yeah think, like this movie's saying
1: <laughs> and I even think there's like a line like in there like you know the world isn't black and white, but like clearly, like <laughs> the characters in this movie are. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Yeah, it's like it's,
0: anyway. it's interesting. and it's like entertaining. It's like it's it's an interesting like concept to like think about. Um, and um, you're like genuinely kind of like interested to see like where the story goes. Um, Brad yeah. Rich's stories are always like yeah. really fascinating
1: it, it is very entertaining and I, I really enjoyed it and I don't want to sit here and like sound like I didn't like it and I'm also like kind of like all over the place when I think about this movie because there's like so many different aspects like to this movie like I, I just like <laughs> I think about one thing and then I think about the the next thing like the beginning and the end and I kind of like compa- I keep comparing like the beginning and the end like the character development of actually all the characters um and like so it's 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 difficult to it's not difficult but it's like yeah, well, it's difficult to talk to review or talk about this movie in like a linear fashion. Yeah. Because um, you kind of like have to go back and compare like who who was or how was someone then versus now. Um, so, yeah, it's it, kind of like all over the
0: place. And it is, it's a narrated movie. But the movie is narrated and like the very beginning is like when he's like telling his story, like so to speak. So, yeah. Um, so in that way, it's a framing device, mm-hmm. but um, not like a hundred percent linear too. Again, something that's easier to do in books. Like books are rarely like linear, like beginning to end, like they usually flash back into some previous sense and um that's more difficult to do in any movie.
1: Yeah. So. Did you notice the uh the slum dog millionaire? Shut up.
0: No, what was it? I, did, uh, I I missed it.
1: Yeah, it was uh i think about it comes about halfway through and he says in the narration um he says this isn't a this isn't a t- uh tale of someone who of an indian who can just go on a game show and win a million dollars
0: oh my god i wow totally went completely over my head
1: yeah yeah i was like oh wow <laughs> yeah
0: i know like the comparisons are inevitable it's like in an Indian movie that's about rags to riches like of course we're gonna think of the
1: Oscar yeah. <laughs> like I didn't want to oh and I felt too bad, and like I kept like comparing it to Slumdog um and I'm like like I don't want to sound like you know like there's like this is like the only Indian movie out there but like it's a great movie <laughs> and it's like the Oscar winner for Best Picture so um of course like I'm gonna compare it to Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire or like think of like comparisons and um
0: well, like with that similarities, reference, yeah. with that reference, it's yeah. kind of like, we know.
1: <laughs> we we know, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. So Oscar, so this, so he was, so you said he was nominated for uh, Indie Spirit Award? Um, Indie
0: Spirit. I love the Indie Spirit Awards because like they, especially, particularly in their acting categories, like they tend to throw out, like they tend to give nominations to people who are like not going to get like awards love elsewhere. Uh, and uh, I think this is like kind of a classic um, example uh, of events. Yeah. Well, I was,
1: I was gonna ask if we thought it was gonna maybe get any Oscar love, but.
0: I don't, I don't know where <laughs> that's like the issue. Maybe in some of like the technical categories, especially because there's not like I don't know, like, I, I just don't know where. I just think um, this is like another issue with the midsize problem um, of like, because we've become so, like, people have like chosen their camps. They're like, I want to nominate the big movies only for technical awards, or like, no, we need to give love to like the smaller ones. Like, the people who get lost in the shuffle or the mid. <laughs> the says movies so i don't know like so that's where um um it's not impossible i don't think this movie could get like oscar love but i i just like there's not there's no one thing that's like stands out to me that i think would that i think oscar voters would
1: like really take to is this technically bollywood it's is it bollywood
0: I don't, uh, I would probably say no, because no. it's like Netflix, like, <laughs> so...
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, But like, I wonder if like, you know, the Globes will make it a... or make it the international feature, because a lot of it's in Indian, like, <laughs> so... Honestly, God, I hate that rule.
0: I know, honestly, that is a valid question.
1: <laughs> Dep- I, I'm serious, like... Defensively, <laughs> <personally, laughs>
0: that is a valid question. <laughs>
1: It doesn't need awards. It was good enough on its own.
0: But it is like in indie spirit, like, and I think like he deserves it. Like Adrash like, Gurav is actually like really good too. Um, yeah. So uh, for like somebody who's like never led a major motion picture mm-hmm. <laughs> before, like he like completely sells like the, the character development um, from rags from to riches, as I said, like eight times, <laughs> so uh yeah so um i was like really happy to see him get a nomination well
1: cool. me too so all right well i don't know if i have much else to say on this on white tiger i guess you do there's a beautiful shot of, a, of an actual white tiger too um i love white tigers i think they're awesome i think they're so majestic and like you get to see one up close and it's really cool so,
0: are you are you a white tiger are you a once in a generation
1: i am yes I haven't quite figured out what that uh, spark is yet, but I will let you know.
0: The world hasn't fit. It's not that you haven't figured it out. The world hasn't figured you out yet.
1: (laughs) The world hasn't figured me out yet. Yeah. (laughs) I'll find my spark one day. Speaking of movies, uh, (laughs) soul. Yeah. So, all right. Well, do you have anything else on the White Tiger?
0: I liked it, obviously. (laughs) Uh uh despite it's like it's like occasional stumbles like i find it like so very worthwhile
1: mm. yeah i'm glad i watched it i was i wasn't planning on watching it but i'm glad you made me sit down and watch it for the, the episode so
0: oh did i make you did i make you do it was it a chore i mean
1: it wasn't a, no well uh, <laughs> i
0: know I've, I've given you a hard time.
1: <laughs> it wasn't a chore but um it's not it's not a movie i would actively go out and seek. But I'm glad. I'm glad I watched it.
0: And well, then I'm glad our our podcast about two neighborhood friendly (laughs) film buffs can uh, give a different different kind of movie then.
1: And hopefully, or maybe we've convinced you to see The White Tiger now on Netflix. Did we say it's on Netflix? Yes, we did. We did, <laughs> so, we did. several times. <laughs> you mentioned it was on the top ten.
0: <laughs> and and not only that, but then like earlier in the episode, I also questioned. I was like, did we mention it was on Netflix? So
1: yes, now I remember.
0: Also, so, so.
1: yeah. Fair. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for helping me um, kind of solidify my my review on this movie. Um, I was a little mixed. I'm not going to lie, but now I'm thinking about it more. I I, I appreciate talking with you and thinking through watching films um and kind of establishing a solid review so yeah i enjoyed it i that think
0: was. i think we're pretty on the same page on yeah. like mostly everything <laughs> sometimes <laughs> no no i meant like on the white tiger
1: oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah, for sure for sure so all right um should we do we have a teaser for next week uh
0: it's another netflix movie
1: Ooh. Should we leave them in suspense or do you want to tell them what's coming up we
0: could uh i don't think we told them we were gonna do the white tiger so we'll do a we'll actually tell give give you a heads up this time
1: all right on next on next week's episode uh
0: we have zendaya and john david washington for malcolm and marie uh the new movie on netflix uh starting friday february 5th uh and um it is a two-person show written and directed by the creator of euphoria uh obviously starring zendaya so uh so it'll be a mini euphoria reunion um this was one of the first movies to be shot in covid times so that's mm-hmm. um, why there's only like literally two people in this movie. <laughs> so, um, so
1: I'm sure next week we're going to have plenty of discussions about age gaps and, uh, <laughs> uh, there's nothing, wrong with the,
0: there's nothing wrong with the age gap. Zendaya is 24 years old, like I know. not a child. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, a lot of people, unfortunately still see her as one. So I
0: know, I know. Um, it's that age, you know, age old, like problem, uh, of, uh, people who become famous you're eternally the age that you became famous
1: yeah so
0: like people always if you became famous as like a child people will always think of you like as a child and it's like unavoidable so
1: she's yeah she's a disney star yep yeah so all right well we'll leave that for next week um more discussions to come on malcolm and marie not marty
0: i know i for I, for months I read that movie as Malcolm and Marnie. And so like when I saw the trailer and it was Marie, I was like literally floored. Um, reading is good folks yes. you should read and <laughs> because I apparently cannot.
1: <laughs> Let's get our Marnies, Marlies, Marie's, all your M names, just stick them all in titles and we'll quiz you later. So uh, anyway, um, oh, now, now I'm thinking of Marlene, so sad. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's a wrap from us. Uh, but we'd love to hear more from you. So let us know what you think of the podcast and what you thought of The White Tiger, uh, if you got the chance to watch. Um, and so you can always reach us on our Twitter at Pod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash step and repeat pod. And you can always find more of our reviews on the Letterboxd app. Andrew is at A-Shine, and I'm at M-Grant 1219. Um, And please spend a few seconds to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. New reviews help us find new listeners. And if you give us a five-star review, we'll give you a 60-second review of any movie of your choosing. So until next time, thank you for listening. And I think I speak for Andrew when I say that it's an honor just to be considered.